Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be encountered, your forgiveness experienced, and your love revealed. Amen. Jesus revealed part four, Beyond Borders and Walls. If you missed the first three parts, they're available on our website. You can go back or wherever you get your podcast. If you happen to listen to podcasts, Celebration Sermons. As long as you can remember where you went to church today, Celebration Sermons, you, you can find those. But we talked about Jesus being revealed in the Gospel of Mark and what Jesus reveals to, about, to us about God then reveals the nature of God. And if we're going to call ourselves disciples or Christians, the goal is to become more like Jesus. So let's learn what's revealed about Jesus and then take that on, internalize that, and become more like Jesus. So it's really a challenge when we see the heart and the nature of God revealed in Jesus Christ, then that challenges where we don't line up with that. So Jesus revealed part for my son, who happens to be sitting here, pastor's families know they're, they're, they're sermon fodder. <laughs> this is not about him, but he turned 15 in November. My daughter is now a teenager right behind him. Yes, the driving fear <laughs> has come to this parent sitting in front of you. As he learns to drive, I can't help but as he was turning 15 to have some of that where I'd reminisce on what that was like for me what seems easy now was all new and all a challenge then but a challenge that was going to be worth it because when I get my driver's license when I get to borrow the car I am out of here right it's it's Mel Gibson and Braveheart freedom that's worth fighting for, right? So that freedom that is coming when I get to go off on my own, larger distances because now I can use the car and not my bicycle to go off on my own. And I can go further than I ever have on a regular basis without a parental unit. Freedom. And looking for that freedom. But when we think about freedom, I think it's one of those things that sometimes I don't know, we grew up in America. Maybe we take it for granted until we get to like the 4th of July or Memorial Day and then we say things like freedom is never free. It's true. We have to protect those freedoms. And thank you for those of you that have served and do that and continue to serve that keep us free. But if you had grown up in Jesus' day, you wouldn't take freedom for granted. If you had grown up in the time when the Gospel of Mark was written, either Bible scholars tell us either right before or right after the fall of Jerusalem by the Romans. Because the Romans occupied this area and the Jews mounted a pretty major revolt pushed back at one point to try and kick them out. And Rome did what Rome was wont to do and said, we've had enough of your silly revolts. We're going to come through and just knock a couple towns all the way over, including that one that you revere with that nice temple in the middle of it. It's now destroyed because that's what they did. This is the world where Jesus 
and the Jewish people of that day lived, but not just them. Today in the Gospel of Mark, we get in the boat with Jesus and move over to this land across the Sea of Galilee, to the Gerasenes, which is the fancy way of Mark telling you, anytime you cross the water, it's a transition. So we're moving along in the story. But he crosses the water and he crosses the wall and Jesus crosses the border into predominantly Gentile territory. He's gone where Messiah is expected to not go. So as we talked in those previous things, Mark is revealing again in the previous parts of this series that the love of God goes everywhere. It goes beyond the borders and it goes beyond the walls. So Jesus gets in the boat with his disciples, crosses the lake, and that's where we pick up this story, Mark chapter 5. And almost as soon as you get the feeling, Mark tells the story, it's going fast. Get off the boat, the man comes out of the tombs, out of the hills, this demon-possessed man, and throws himself at Jesus' feet. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth, son of the Most High? Another thing to note in the Gospel of Mark that is revealed, the people in the story don't always get who Jesus is, but the demons always do. Even the demons recognize. Chapter 1 and chapter 5, right here, we've already heard it. This is the second time Jesus is casting out a demon, and both times he confronts the demon, they recognize who he is. So as Mark is revealing that Jesus is the Son of God, as he tells the story, even the demons recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. So that's part that's being revealed. But Jesus cast out the demon from this man. And demons, that's one of those things. Do we understand? How much do we understand? Do we want to put that, I don't know, Maybe that was just them back in the times, right? They didn't know as much as we know. Maybe this man's suffering from schizophrenia. Maybe he's suffering from bipolar schizophrenia disassociative disorder, right? Keep adding titles onto it. Maybe it's overwhelming anxiety. Maybe it's overwhelming fear. Maybe it's all of those rolled into one. Or maybe it is a true, honest-to-God demon possession, as Mark tells the story. If we get caught up in that, we miss the point. Jesus heals this man and cast out the demon. Now I want to fast forward through part of the story and then we're going to come back. Cast out the demon and the townspeople then come and they find this man when they hear the story of what Jesus has done sitting there clothed and in his right mind. And they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do. Neither does this man with his newfound freedom. His identity, he was known as the demon dude that lives out in the tombs in the hills. What do we do with him now? He had lived that way so long, I don't even think he knew his own identity. We host AA groups here, and I'm sure there's not a life in this room that hasn't been touched by some sort of addiction in your family or extended family. But when you talk to folks and through AA, one of the hardest things about addiction is finding yourself on the other side of addiction is who are you? 
Who am I? So the alcoholic looks and says, who am I now without the alcohol? That's been such a part of my life. You need a whole new identity. And the whole family and the whole community has to learn to adjust because you've always been known or seen that person as the alcoholic aunt or uncle that destroyed the family. But now what about the other side, on the other side of recovery? We don't even know that person because especially if it's a generation or two ahead of us, we've just always known that person that showed up at the family gatherings and we all avoided because they were going to get lit. A whole new identity. What Jesus is offering, what Mark reveals, though, is that Jesus is offering all of us a whole new identity. And it's not just the addict or the demon-possessed. It's all of us beyond the identity that the demons want to give us, that Satan would want to give us as sinners, as those who should walk around with your head hung in shame because you're guilty. You're wrong. You've messed it up. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're never going to live up to your potential. And Jesus speaks into that and offers a brand new life and identity as a child of God. In the waters of our baptism, we say, you are marked with the cross of Christ and sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are a child of God. That is your identity. And that's exactly what he offers to this man. Now, the rest of the world doesn't know what to do with it. In fact, the rest of the town shows up, and they're so afraid of this major change that they go, Jesus, please leave. Please just go. You have too much power to stick around here and change everything, even though we might have to change. Please go. I tell folks all the time in marriage counseling, you marry into your family dysfunction. You can see it in your spouse's family. It's not dysfunction in my family because that's normal. That's the way we grew up. <laughs> it's not dysfunctional. Why would we ever change that? That's, that's, and to change that means we would have to change. And change is hard work and nobody wants to change. So much so that the folks look at Jesus and go, too much change. You've got to go. But it leaves this man in this spot, in this in-between. And he comes and asks Jesus to follow. And Jesus says, no, i got another mission for you. I have something else in mind for you. In the church, we like to think of Paul as the first missionary to the Gentiles. Mark tells us this is the first missionary to the Gentiles. Because he looks at him and says, you with the new identity. Here's your new identity. You go out and you tell them how much mercy and love God had for you. And he doesn't just do it in his own town. Mark tells us he goes on to the Decapolis, the 10 cities, 10 villages and towns and beyond where Paul's going to show up later. And now they've already heard the story of Jesus. So when Paul comes with the story of Christ, the groundwork and the seeds have already been planted. Amazing. But we can get lost in this moment. But to truly understand that God says this moment isn't for this man. This moment is for you and all of you who have never been free. Who have never been 
truly free in Christ. There's a difference between American freedom and freedom in Christ. That's a whole Sunday school class in and of itself. But here, Mark is telling, for those of you that have never been truly free, who's he speaking to? Mark writes the gospel for people where the temple's about to be destroyed or it's already been destroyed to oppressed people. Let's expand this story to include Mark's original audience that he's writing this gospel for beyond the people that were there that day that saw Jesus do this. Because Mark's telling us this is for all of us. He's helping us see the bigger picture of what is revealed in Jesus Christ. Here's what I mean. What's the name of the demon? Legion. Legion. Who had legions? Rome. 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 Who destroyed the temple in Jerusalem? Rome. Legions from Rome. Right? Six or seven legions, depending on the history that you read, that come down and destroy Jerusalem. Legions. Mark's audience would have heard this word as a military term. Because that's the world they lived in. And not in a good military like in our, our military, we look as good. In an oppressive, not your military way. But who's in charge? Who can command the legions? It's Jesus. And when this legion begs to not be tortured, when this legion begs for an escape, it says Jesus gave them permission to go into the pigs. The Greek word here is dismissed. Dismissed. Another military term in the Greek. Jesus dismisses them. So they go into the pigs. What do the pigs do? The pigs, this legion, into the water and drowns. For those of you that are good Judeo-Christian folks that know your Old Testament, ever hear a story of an army coming after people into the water that God has parted and then the army drowns. And what's that, the narrative? That's the Exodus story of God freeing people from slavery and bringing them into freedom. And so Mark is telling the story, not just what happened on that day. He's speaking to his audience that he's writing this gospel for. And he's speaking to us today to say, look at the picture, the big picture. This reveals what God does. This is what God did for the Israelites to bring them out of Egypt. This is what God did for this man on this day when he freed him from the demons. And this is what God does for you in speaking the love of Christ, the freedom from fear, the freedom from anxiety, the freedom from depression, the freedom from addiction, all of these things that oppress us, God can and wants to speak into those. 
and to give you a new identity through the waters of your baptism that you're not the alcoholic, you're not the drug addict, you're not the person with this or that mental illness or sickness or condition. You're not the person that's bound by anything. You are a child of God. What did we say? I'm no longer a slave. Yeah, I'm a child of God. My prayer for all of us is that we find that freedom in Christ because we are the children of God. You are not how the world defines you. That is not who you are. That is not your identity. Your identity through the waters of baptism. You are child of God. Freed. Because God loves you. Amen.